I had a different attitude. Every fighter's got an attitude. My attitude was, for me to lose, the, uh, my opponent's gonna have to kill me, literally. In this episode of my podcast, Relentless Life on Your Time, season three, I sit down with the three-time world kickboxing champion, Barish Nesif. We talk what it takes to become a world-class athlete, the discipline, the determination, and the mindset. And I was blown back when I asked him, what do you do to celebrate a massive win? In which he said, I go home and have a coffee with my family. People glamorize the fact if you're a world champion, it's all the glitz and glamour that you see on TV. But they don't actually understand the requirements and the discipline it takes to be such a great athlete. This is a great episode for all your entrepreneurs and all your fighters. And if you want to have a champion mindset, what you need to do to take your game and your business to the next level. Remember, if you like my content, share, subscribe, and follow me for more content. Thank you. Hello all and welcome, and I'm sitting with a very special guest, three-time world kickboxing champion, won his first world title at 21, an all-round great bloke, Barish Nesif. Hello Chris, pleasure, pleasure to be here, mate. Now I've known you for, I don't know, 20 years? Probably longer. Probably longer. Well, for sure longer. Actually, what am I saying? Yeah, what are you saying? Probably it's almost 30 25 years, years yeah, yeah. yeah. Since I was 17, so it's been... Th now, since that, I've seen you win multiple world champ well, multiple, three world titles, and a plethora of other world titles. Um, what does it take to become a world champion? Uh, what does it take? Um, obviously, it takes a lot of hard work um, and the, uh, the drive, the passion is very important. So it's like, it's like times when I thought like I couldn't do it anymore or um, I just kept pushing through those negative barriers and there was always a light on the other side that kept me going. Why though? Why did you think there was a light? Did you have that much belief in yourself to say that I'm going to get there regardless, I'm not going to quit, I'm going to keep moving forward? Why do you think there was a light? Because of your hard work, your persistence, your training, what was it? Um, to be quite honest, mate, I was very stubborn and I wanted um, at all costs to be a champion and to be the best at what I, what I did. Win, lose, draw, I just kept pumping forward. Um, and a time came where um, like I think it was my 15th or 20th fight, something just went click and I didn't lose for like five years, you know, and it was just, everything just gelled together. So that made me realise well, all that up and down, up and down, up and down, then bang, it just came to that point where I felt unstoppable, invincible. It was preparing you for that. Now, I, I laughed and Barrister was making that comment because as I said, we've got a big history. And when, I, when he says stubborn, there's nothing going on in that ring that he doesn't grit his teeth and actually move forward. We shared a funny story before when, when you cop a knee, they go, we, in his mind, he hears that and he attacks them even harder. So it's, 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 a very, it's a very good thing to have, especially as a fighter. Now, you won your first title at 21, yes. super young age. I know you remember the opponent. Tell me about that fight. Um, yeah, it was an Englishman from England, um, Julian Hell. I've actually just uh, became friends with him on Facebook after all these years. Um, yeah, and he was a very credible, good fighter. And um, it was a 12-round fight. Well, was I 63 kilos at the time, um, at 21. And it was a hard fight. He cut me in the fifth. I uh, caught him with a few good shots, and I finished him with a head kick. It was just very, very rewarding. What, what, what round? Fifth round. He finished, he cut you in the fifth. Cut me in the and fifth. And finished him. And then I, I caught him with an uppercut and a head kick and the judge kicked him through the ropes. It was... And your fighting yeah. name was the Wonder Kick. The Wonder Kicker, they because called me. Because his kicks were amazing. He used to kick, we mentioned that before, he kicks like, kicks like a mule. 
Now, um, and he still accepted your friend request. Yeah. And yeah. he took the world title off and he said, yeah, let's be friends. Like 30 years later. All right, maybe got over it, yeah? yeah? <laughs> uh, the actual message was, uh, how you going, mate? Do you, um, do you remember me? Uh, I was quite blunt. And he um, uh, laughed out loud, how could I forget? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was good. Now, what was your biggest win? And I know you've had many. And your biggest defeat? Biggest win. Well, yeah, this is in my... Um, when my first pro fight was against, uh, 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 just before I got my world title, was against a fighter called Michael Kenner. So he was a very tough uh, Filipino kid, probably had one loss, um, which should have been a win. And my first f pro fight was against him. So it was a step up, big step up for me. Um, scheduled for eight rounds. I knocked him out in the seventh and I dominated him throughout the whole fight. So I made him look ordinary and he was a very high um, caliber fighter. And that was my best win, I have to say. So you mentioned before that sometimes it just gels when you get together. Because yep. I'm sure on the flip side, there's some days, how many fights have you had? Uh, about 60 approximately. And I'm sure in some of those 60 fights, you've walked, you're about to fight and you're thinking, I don't feel good today. I'm yep. not at my best. Yep. How do you get in there and still perform? Because when it all gels and comes together and you're feeling good, that's great. Yeah. What about the other side? Well, that's an interesting question because I've had, I've had um, days like that when all the preparations have been really good and um, night of the fight, I'm not feeling the best. Um, and even, uh, even in the ring, when I think I'm feeling good, I start mixing it with my opponent and I'm thinking, hey, something's not right. My right hand's not landing, my leg kicks aren't landing, he's defending well. And it's like during the fight, I have to adjust. And um, I've turned around fights like that by adjusting and the constant pressure um, has made me win a lot of fights. Because you're always stepping forward. Because I'm always stepping forward and it's like, doesn't matter whatever the wall is, whatever the obstacle is in, fr in front of me, I'm always stepping forward and I'm trying to break foot. Most of the times I do. You know, and even the changing rooms going back when I say I don't feel the best, it's like I mentally convince myself. I had a different attitude. Every fighter's got an attitude. My attitude was for me to lose, the, uh, my opponent's going to have to kill me, literally. Like I put all bad negativity thoughts of the world, everything on my opponent. And it's like he's the one, he's the blame for everything. And I just want to run through him. You so know what? That's my mentality. It's very, very, um, that shows you in the way you fight. I've seen many of your fights, as you know, um, and my brother was fortunate enough, he's a good friend of yours, to manage you for a few years. And when you said stubborn, that defines you as a fighter. And when you said gets back up and keeps going, that's why you were the, one of the most entertaining fighters that we ever had. Yeah. And one of the toughest too. Thank you. So how do you respond to defeat? You're putting all the hard work. Yeah. It hasn't worked our way because it happens. It's a fight game. Yeah. How do you respond to that? Well, how do you respond to that? That's, that's another good question because I, I tasted defeat, um, a big defeat when I was, um, I was five years undefeated, and, and, but I still trained hard for every fight and I had one fight that I was going to fight. Um, uh, for my third world title, it was against uh, a young uh, Greek up-and-comer, uh, Mike Zambides. So he was the first one that um, actually defeated me, you could say, and it was a, like a bitter pill to swallow because it's like there was a lot of politics behind the scenes as well, I remember. which we won't get into. But um, 
on the night he was the better man. He beat me. I went 12 rounds with him. Um, Not many people have. I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah. I can tell you from a viewer, and obviously I wish you would have won. Yeah. Because we're mates. But as, an as a spectacle in a fight, that was a phenomenal fight. Yeah. That was such a good fight. Back and forth, back and forth. You showed great determination. But yeah. I know you lost the fight, but it was yeah. a brilliant fight. Yeah. Um, you know, it, a lot of people have said what you just said to me. You know, it probably was a brilliant fight. It was ranked top um, top five in um, Australian, uh, uh, best Australian fight scene it was um, of all time in Australia. It was up there with, it. with Steve Vick versus Hector Penna, if everyone, anyone remembers that fight. So it was a classic fight. But, you know, I, I did lose. And like I said, that was a very bitter pill to swallow, um, especially being on such a high for so long, undefeated. And how did I get through that? One year, probably six months, I was, I was depressed for a bit. Six months, I probably didn't train. Then I started getting back into it slowly. And I had a fight one, exactly one year after that um, for a world title up in Sydney. That's the one where your brother trained me, yeah. you know, against Steve Dewey. And I knocked him out second round and I won my um, third world title. But so he took it on Steve Dewey, basically. I did, I did, and big time. I mean, that night I could have fought anyone. I would have loved to fight Mike again. Um, the rematch never happened, but on that night I would have, I reckon, ran through happened. anyone. It would have been such a good fight. Yeah. And potentially a different outcome. But what, what a great fight, a great yeah. spectacle. It was one of my favourite fights. I would have loved you to win, but you, you didn't fought it awesome. That's the fight game. What's your morning routine? When you're fight, preparing for a fight, what's your morning routine? Is there any, is any routine you do? Is there any ritual, something that you eat? Is it meditation? What is it? On the day of the fight, no, you mean? When, like, when the lead up to the fight, do you have a morning routine that you do? Okay. Well, I can tell you now the morning routine. This is an this is, um, interesting question. Again, like, I've fought for 25 years plus probably, you know. Um, I've been fighting since the age of 17. And I had my last fight two years ago. I'm 46. Um... I've always worked full-time, so um, kickboxing was a hobby for me. So I won world titles and uh, so many fights as a hobby. I've always worked full-time. This was uh, at night, going training one hour, training till my lungs are hanging out of my ass for four or five days a week, and then going and fighting professionally. So and, and, and no and morning my, routine. And, and mind you, mind you, I knew that, but I wanted Barish to, to, to bring that out. To win three world titles while working full time and get to a ridiculous level, imagine if that's all he did, what he would do. It would be somewhere in the MMA, somewhere in boxing. Yeah. Unfortunately, for Barish and a lot of other great fighters, the sports um, doesn't pay as much as it should for such a hard sport. But if you see these athletes, he did 12 rounds to win a world title while working full time. So I wanted to mention that. Um, the week before the fight, is there anything you do different? Um, the week before the fight, it's all mental for me. It was all mental for me, 90% um, mental. I was tapering down my training, training lightly, because I've done all the hard work. And then I'd lock myself into rooms the week before the fight for an hour, two hours, and just visualize how I'm going to win. And sometimes I'd lose, but then I'd visualize again how I'm going to overcome that loss and win till it came to the point mentally where I can't lose. So you're basically seeing the win before it's happened. I can't so see when it. you talk about the power of visualization, it's actually you can you can see something so that well in your mind that you start to believe and you go into action and you're much better prepared to succeed. And yeah. Now, um, 
How did you how did you celebrate wins? Um, come home, have a coffee with the family, and go to sleep. Wake up the next day and go to work. Modest one, modest. Yeah. Now, you retired two years ago, as you mentioned yep. before. Are you still training? Yeah, I am still still training. Love or you want to compete again? I would love to keep competing, but the body won't allow me to. Um, you know, like I'm 46, I can't recover like I did when I was 26. So that, that that's the main issue. But enough's enough. I'm 46. I'm not gonna. And how many fights you've had? All 60 fights. Yeah, yeah. Great win loss. Yeah. What was? What was? What have I? Uh, like 50, 50 of them, a couple. Of after wins. off the top of my head, about 45 wins. You know, most of my losses were when I was amateur, when I was coming up. And you fought the best of the best. <laughs> I would have loved to fight better for more of the best, but yeah. You never, you never reject any fights with the, with the mark of a great fighter. Now, fun fact, yours was easy. My brother was actually one of your uh, managers for a period of time, and you guys share some great synergy and yep. funny stories. Um, okay, <laughs> now, Barish, I'm going to quick fire questions. Uh, no wrong or right answer. You ready? Yep. Do you have any pets? No. Uh, what's your favorite color? Aqua. Aqua. That's, my, that's one of my uh, colors for my companies. What's your favorite TV show? Bold and the Beautiful. No. Is it? <laughs> no, is it? Yeah, one of them, yeah. All right. <laughs> Never pick that. Guess it calms him down after a fight. I don't know. iPhone or Android? iPhone. Who was one of your role models growing up? Um, Carl Lewis. So... Uh, Stand the man, Dennis Alexio. All great fighters. Yeah. Well, Guam was a runner. Mike obviously. Tyson. How could I forget Mike Tyson? Yeah. You've got him there fighting yep. Holyfield. Yep. So we're 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 doing a, we're sitting actually in in Barish's garage now, and I'm going to go around later and show. He's got his world titles on display. He hasn't got all of his championships up because he's won so many, but we'll go through them later. It's very very impressive setup he's got here. Um, describe yourself in three words as a teenager. Three words. I could say one word, which was troubled. Yeah, but, um, yeah um, energetic. Uh, yeah, teenage years weren't the best years. Let me say that. What, stubborn? Stubborn, very stubborn. But you bought into your fighting. 100%. So yeah. the will to never give up to fight. Yep. Which, as I said, when you're watching Barish fight, you're going to see a fight. And one more word. Trouble. Stubborn. Trouble, stubborn. Um... Passionate with what, which, with what I which what I did, which was um, when I first stepped into the gym at sixteen. Which, which show, again, I said it three, four times. It shows in the way you fight. Um, what's the one thing you can't leave the house without? Obviously, these they are our iPhones. <laughs> <laughs> what annoys you the most? What annoys me Long the most? Road rage. <laughs> <laughs> Best piece of advice you've ever received? Um, uh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Um, and I forgot who told me too. Um, does a, who told me this? It was actually, yeah. Um, the uh, best piece of advice. I don't know if it's advice, but um, somebody told me once. Mm-hmm. And he's a pretty high-profile high person as well. Um, does it, uh, the gangsters that you see out there, 
that go around shooting people and whatever, they're not the, they're not the real gangsters. They're actually weak. But the real gangsters are the ones that get up in the morning, 6 a.m., 5 a.m., go to work every day, come home and feed their families. They're the real gangsters because all these fake gangsters could never do something like that. It's very easy to pull a trigger and... So basically yeah. discipline. That's good advice. Yeah. And you know what it is? It is sound advice. Um, from this whole episode, you've shared so much about mindset, about how to be a world champion. Give me two, three key takeaways that you want the listeners to um, get from our conversation. Okay. Um, well, pretty much what... Uh, what I achieved with winning my world titles over such a long time well, You got to have passion for what you want in life If you got the passion and you really want it and you believe and you have the drive There's nothing can stop you. It's like But you know some people say yeah, I've got the passion. Yeah, I've got the drive But where's your action showing that but if you really do have it You will not stop going forward and you will get what you want in the end True now, from a scale from 1 to 10, how much have you enjoyed this podcast? I'll give you a 9, mate. I'll take it. Yeah, I'll give you a 9. usually get 9, sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, everybody, for watching. It was a privilege for Relentless to have such a great person on there. Three-time world champion, won his first world title at 21, and one of the most exciting fighters in the Australian kickboxing scene. I can attest that because I've seen multiple fights. Barish, Wonderkick Nessif, thanks for being on the show, mate. Thank you. Thanks, guys.